Hey, my name is Aaron Burke. Welcome to the Made for More Leadership Podcast. We bring you new content on the first Wednesday of every month, and I believe today's uh, content which is really going to help you. We're going to have a conversation and a talk really off the idea of integrity, learning how to be leaders of character, leaders that people can trust and be worth following. By the way, before I get into the content, thank you so much for sharing this content with your friends, whether you're sharing the YouTube video, whether you're sharing the link for the podcast, and thank you for that. Thank you for subscribing. That really helps us. If you post this on your Instagram, I always repost it because I love seeing you guys share the content with people around you. I hope it's helping, which really cool, and I never expected this, is every month our downloads are growing. So we have more and more people that are joining this Made for More Leadership podcast family around the globe. So we're glad you are with us. If you've missed any of the other podcasts, they're all online or you can watch this video on YouTube and you get to see me smile a lot. So we're glad you're with us. Uh, But anyway, I put together some content based off of really what I'm kind of learning at the moment or interviews that I'm able to have. Today's topic is really based off of the current events that we've seen, especially in the Christian leadership world over the last couple of months when it comes to leaders I'm dealing with moral failure. So there's been major high-profile leaders who have fallen morally. In other words, came out as uh, there was issues when it came to sexual abuse, when it came to having affairs, money. There's been all kinds of issues. These are not new issues that we're finding out about when it comes to leaders falling morally, but they are really big current events that are happening. And so I want to address them and probably one of the biggest ones we've dealt with uh, over at least in our circles has been the the issues that have come to light about Ravi Zacharias. I've been a huge Ravi Zacharias fan for years, decades. Um, he's one of the great apologists of our time where he really helped a generation learn how to defend the faith. Um, if you're unfamiliar, uh, he died and, and um, died a while back and then there came accusations and ended up being an investigation that proved to be true that he not only uh, was unfaithful in his marriage, but it wasn't just in pornography or with women, but there was actually abuse, even sexual abuse, um, that is totally horrific. And our heart goes out to the to the victims, the people who are on the um, other side of this, that have dealt with a leader who said one thing and did another. And sadly, it's not the first time this has happened. We heard another story last year of another Christian leader in New York City who, you know, cheated on his wife and, you know, didn't even tell people he was a pastor, tell the girl that he was with, he was a pastor and for months had an affair. You know, it just, it brings such uh, disdain to the body of Christ, to the image of Christ, to the, to the purpose of the church, but it also brings a wake of victims that are just mistreated by leaders. And I think what we have to do is we have to do our part to become leaders that are worth following, that are trustworthy, that are the real deal, that are not hypocrites. Um, The word hypocrite comes from actually Greek plays that would happen where a hypocrite was an actor that would come on the stage that would be wearing a mask. So the idea that you were a hypocrite was that you were on the stage and you were one thing in front of people, but another thing behind the stage. And that is the worst thing you can do as a leader is being a person that is a hypocrite. You say one thing 
and you do another. So what do we do about this? First of all, here's what I just want to address. First of all, if you are the victim of abuse, especially by a spiritual leader, I want to say on behalf of the church, we are sorry. It is uncalled for, is never okay. It is not just a slip up by that leader. It is sin that is so terrible and you should have never experienced what you experienced. And I'm sorry. And I'm praying that the Lord would heal your heart. And I also believe in justice, that people that mistreat people should um, pay the consequences of that sin. And I know it's a terrible thing that you went through and my heart goes out to you. You know, this podcast and this episode is really geared at helping leaders not to make that mistake. So I want to say this to the leaders that are listening. I want you to know this. Sin is so deceiving. Sin always shows you the bait. It never shows you the hook. Sin always starts out as this is harmless. It always becomes very harmful. There was a word that I was introduced to in the 90s as a teenager It was brought up to um, a pastor's conference at my church by a guy by the name of Dr. Michael Brown. I'll never forget him talking about this, where he talked about this word called the aharit. All right, so wherever you're watching from, listening to, say that out loud. It's a Hebrew word called aharit. Say aharit, aharit. You did it, okay? Here's what the aharit means. It means um, that which comes after. So the idea of it is, is the aharit is the consequence So if I eat hot Krispy Kreme donuts, it feels good at the moment. But the aharit is that I actually feel gross later on. I have regret later on and I gain weight later on. But Krispy Kreme does a really good job at disguising or deceiving me into thinking there is an aharit, meaning there is a bad consequence afterwards. And that is what the enemy does to leaders. It blinds us to thinking there is an afterword. There is a a consequence that comes after this action. One of the greatest examples in the Bible is a guy by the name of Esau, who Esau was the hunter. He was the manly guy outside. He was um, really spending a whole day out hunting in the heat. And the Bible says he came in to his brother, his twin brother, His name Jacob, and Jacob was cooking some stew. So he walked in, and the Bible said he was famished. That's an important word, meaning he he was hungry. He He was desperate. How many know when you get hungry, you do some stupid stuff? So he basically said, give me some of that stew. And Jacob said, that's fine. Well, give me your birthright. And in other words, give me your inheritance. Even though they were twins, Esau came out first. So Esau, in the Jewish culture, was given the inheritance, the right the first right of all the possessions. So Esau made a stupid trade. He traded his possessions, his inheritance for a bowl of stew. And people that look at that go, that's the stupidest thing. We do the same thing. You see, Esau didn't think through the ahari, the years, the decades, the legacy of handing over something temporarily because they had a need And it ended up having long-term consequences. Here's a phrase that I've lived by is this idea that don't give up what you want most for what you want now. Let me say it again. Don't give up what you want most for what you want now. 
What does that mean? What do you want most? You want your kids to love you. You want your grandkids to respect you. You want history to write kind things about you. And I can't imagine that Ravi Zacharias, in those moments that he was committing those sins, those terrible sins, that he was thinking in his right mind, oh, this is what I want history to write about my life years after I'm gone. He, Of course he didn't think about that. Why? Because the enemy does a good job at blinding us from the ahurit, the consequence. And every time I have talked to a leader, business leader, uh, community leader, political leader, uh, spiritual leader that has made a terrible moral failure in their life, they all say the same thing. If I would have known how I feel right now, if I would have seen the consequences, if I would have been able to have the right train of thought, I would have never made that decision. Can I encourage you? Before you make stupid decisions, think of the ahurit. The girl's not worth it. The addiction's not worth it. The lapse in your character's not worth it. Be a person of character. This is what our world needs. You are made for more. And let me just say this. You're made for more than just getting by. You need to be a leader that is actually the real deal. Probably one of my favorite things that people say about me is they would say, listen, I know Aaron and I see him on the stage, but what I see behind the scenes is the same thing. And I think that's the goal in life, that who I am is who I am. I tell people all the time, if, if the newspapers came out with Aaron Burke has issues, our whole church would go, yeah, we know that. He's told us that for years because there's no hidden. There's nothing that's behind the scenes that is discovered. How do we do that? We live a life of character. I've said it often, but let me say it one more time. People do not need a motto to say. They need a model to follow. Let me say it again. People do not need a motto to say. They need a model to follow. So how do we do that? We live a life of integrity. The Bible describes integrity as a good name. I love this. Proverbs 22.1. A good name is more desirable than riches. To be esteemed better than silver or gold. In other words, instead of focusing on your net worth, focus on your name. Focus on what people think about you, who you really are. Your name will carry down through generations more than your net worth will. Think about that. Your name is what people will will remember for generations to come. So when I want people to think of Aaron Burke, what do I want them to think about? I don't want them to think, this is the guy that cheated on his spouse. This is the guy that stole money. This is the guy that said one thing and did another. No, I want to carry down a proper name, a name of integrity. It has been said that true success is that those who know me best respect me the most. Let me say that again. True success is that those who know me best respect me the most. Is that how people describe your life? That you are a person of integrity. When they think of your name, what word comes to mind? And my desire is that the word they think of is integrity. He's the real deal on the stage and off the stage. Here's what integrity means. Integrity is the state of being complete, unified. It comes from the same Latin word as integrer, 
which means a whole number. And I love that description. It means it's whole. It's not one thing over here and one thing over here. No, it's what you see is what you get. That's what integrity means. Integrity means wholeness. Another word for it is character. It's the idea of who you really are. So let me ask you a question right there as you drive your car. Who are you really? What are the thoughts you have? What are those those tensions that you're managing in your life? If people knew the behind the scenes of your life, would they want to follow you? Would they want to be on your team? We need to be people of character. Here's our problem is the world is too interested in building their reputation instead of their character. You see, reputation is what you're supposed to be, but character is who you really are. Reputation comes over one from without. Character grows from within. Reputation is what you have when you come into a new community. Character is what you have when you go away. Your reputation is made in a moment but your character is built in a lifetime. Your reputation is a learned in an hour. Your character does not come to light for years. Reputation is what men say about you on your tombstone, but character is what the angels say about you before the throne of God. Be interested in building your character. D.L. Moody says it this way, if I take care of my character, my reputation will take care of itself. Boom, post that on your Instagram right there. If I take care of my character, my reputation will take care of itself. Let's be men and women that focus on building our character. No matter how difficult it is, we're not going to take the bait of what the world or our flesh has to offer. Instead, we are going to build our character. Here's why. Because a lack of integrity is the great disqualifier. It's the great disqualifier. As soon as you lack integrity, people stop following you. They stop listening to what you have to say because they don't believe you anymore. Probably the greatest thing you have going for you right now is that at least perceived by everybody else is that you're the real deal. So here's my challenge for you. Be the real deal. Being fake is exhausted exhausting. It's exhausting to be putting on a front to people. So be the real deal. Paul says it this way in 1 Corinthians 9. He says, I strike a blow to my body. In other words, I discipline my body and I make it my slave so that after I've preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified from the prize. Isn't that the challenge for all of us? Like we don't want to be disqualified. We don't want to be the next preacher that's on the internet that everybody's blasting because they disqualify themselves because they did not discipline their own bodies to do what is right even when nobody else is looking. I challenge you on this. Do what is right even when nobody else is looking. Josh Weston says it this way. Don't do what you wouldn't feel comfortable reading about in the newspapers the next day. I think that's a great phrase. Don't do what you wouldn't feel comfortable reading about in the newspapers the next day. So if you're not comfortable with everybody knowing about it, don't do it. What we say in our life is that there's a difference between things that are secret and things that are private. This is good for you to learn this. Because as a leader, there's things in your life that are private. 
but there should be no secrets. Let me give you a good example. If you come to my house and you come and hang out with me at my house, uh, there's nothing secret in my house. There's no secret compartment, secret drawers, secrets that we have hidden around our house. But don't go into my bedroom. That's weird. My bedroom is private. Why? Because there's things that are like that are private, but that doesn't mean they're secret. So for instance, what somebody makes for a living, that's not a secret, but that is private. That's their own business. Here's how you do well in leadership is that you understand that I will be okay with having some things in my life that are private, but I have no secrets. I have nothing I'm trying to hide from people. That is where we get in trouble. Uh, I think a good example is the shoots and ladders game. If you remember shoots and ladders, they, uh, they're a game that starts, it's got boxes, a hundred different boxes named numbered one to a hundred. And you take step after step after step to go from number one to a hundred, you get to a hundred, you win. But along the way, they have two things that are available. They have ladders, which ladders can take you one, two, three, four, five different rows ahead of where you're at. And we've all experienced ladders in life. We've all gotten that promotion when we didn't deserve it. We had that person that believed in us that shouldn't have believed in us. We got an inheritance we didn't work for. What did that do? It brought us further than we thought we could be. So you you get some ladders in life. Thank God for the ladders that I've been given. Thank God for the favor I've been given that I shouldn't have gotten. So we've all experienced some ladders. We live humbly knowing that, thank God, he's brought some ladders into our life. But along the way, in this game, there's also things called shoots. If you remember this, they're the ladder, I mean the slides that can take you down one level, two levels, and can also, some of those shoots can take you all the way back to the bottom. That is our lapses in character. You see, ladders are the favor of God or the blessing of people. But the shoots, the slides, are the lapses in our character. Here's my concern. My concern is that some of you guys have the charisma to take you to the top, but you do not have the character that will sustain you there. Let me say it again. You have the charisma to take you to the top, but you do not have the character that will sustain you there. And your lapse in character is the thing that will bring you all the way back to the bottom. It takes a long time to climb the mountain of success. It takes only a moment of a lapsing character to fall all the way back down. Hold on to your character. Do what is right even when nobody else is doing what is right. Make a decision earlier on that small things in your life are going to be treated as big things in your life. So I'm not going to cut corners on my taxes even if that's a small thing because I understand that how I treat the small things will determine how I handle the big things. I'll never forget being with a group of my interns. We were ministering in New Orleans and I had this young intern. He was a great guy. And he was in front of me at line at Subway. He ordered his sub. We get to go pay at the very end. And he orders water. So he gets his sub. He gets his water cup. I get my my sub. I get my my drink. I go to the, the fountain. And he's not getting water. He's getting Pepsi. And I remember I looked at him and I said, what are you doing? He's like, oh, I'm, I'm getting Pepsi. It's just, you know, it's, he goes, the, the, these, these drinks don't even really cost the company money. Like they shouldn't even charge for them. So I, I let it sit for a second. Then afterwards I pulled him aside and I said, hey buddy, I said, um, that's not okay. And he goes, well, no, it's only like $1.50 for the drink. I said, but your character's worth more than $1.50. 
Why would you settle for a lapse of character for $1.50? If you'll do it for $1.50, I know you'll do it for $1,000. I know you'll do it for a million dollars. Your character's worth more than that. Let's make small things big things in our life and watch how we live in character and with integrity, even in the small things. God will bless us with more things. I think people that fall morally, especially doing the things that we've seen happen over big um, religious leaders and, and business leaders and politicians, it never started with the big sin. It always started with the small sin that they just were okay with, that they said it's not a big deal, and they didn't realize that it grew and it grew and it grew. Sin will always cost you more than you want to pay. It'll always take you to a place you'll never want to go. You've got to recognize there's an aharit. There's an end result to this. Let me give you some questions to just evaluate your character, your integrity as you're drawing, as you're driving, as you're listening to this, this podcast. Here's a question for you to ask yourself. How well do I treat people from whom I can gain nothing? How well do I treat them? How well do I treat people that there's nothing in return that I can get? And it'll show you a lot about your character. Here's the second question. Am I the same person when I'm alone as I am in the spotlight? Are there two different versions of me? If there's two different versions, you need to make sure you get those things to line up because that gap is called a lapse in character. That's the shoot that'll take you all the way back down to the bottom. Here's a third one. Do I freely admit my faults without being pressed? What a question right there. Like, do people have to press you hard to admit your faults or are you open about that? Most of the time, people that fall morally live these secret lives and have no accountability. Do you have people that when they confront you, you're able to admit your faults? Here's the fourth one. It's do I always hold the same moral standards or do circumstances determine my choices? If you're one way around one group and one way around another group or you feel one way in in one setting but another way in another setting, that is a lapse in character. Fix it now. Here's another question. Do I make difficult decisions even when they may cost me something? And this is crucial. That's the $1.50 soda example. Do you make that decision even if it costs you something? Be a person of integrity and character. Would I be ashamed if people knew the imagination or thoughts that I entertained? I told my staff recently, I said, if we took your imagination and your thoughts over the last few weeks and we posted some of those on the screens of the church, would you run out of there in embarrassment? And a lot of us would. Why? Because we're entertaining things that are not what God wants for our lives. And entertainment and thinking on those things, that's the seed that's being planted towards eventually an action that'll eventually bring about your destruction. It all starts with a thought. Here's another question. What would I do if I knew I would never be found out about or punished for it? I've heard this before. Like, man, if I wouldn't go to jail, I would do this. Well, that's who you really are, by the way. That's your real character. The only reason you're not doing it is because you don't want to go to jail. So you need to change your heart, change your life. I think this is another one. If I have a problem with somebody, do I talk to them or do I talk about them? Huge question. In other words, do, do I have, am I a person of integrity or am I gossiping and slandering behind their back? Uh, I think this is huge. Here's, here's one more question. Are my actions governed more out of con- my concern for my reputation or out of a genuine love for God and for my neighbor? What are you making decisions based off of? Be people of integrity. All right. So I'm, I know there's hundreds, if not thousands of people that are 
part of this made for more family. And there's some of you guys that are struggling on your integrity. Truly, if it came out what you're going through, a lot of you guys would have major issues. Can I encourage you? Dares, it's not too late to change. You can change your story. You can get help. So here's my two challenges for you. Number one is you got to get honest. Uh, God can't fix who you pretend to be. So a lot of you guys are sitting there and, and you're putting on this disguise. Get honest. Getting honest is always the first step in getting healthy. So get honest. You need to find somebody. Not everybody needs to know your issues, but somebody does. And if you don't reveal them, eventually they will be revealed. And, and a lot of that times, that's out of your control. So get honest. Find somebody that you can be honest with. And secondly, get some help. Go to a counselor. Go to a pastor. Find somebody that you can confess and work through and deal with these issues so that you can be a person of integrity. My goal in life is long after I'm dead that my kids and my grandkids and my great-grandkids think of my name and they go, that was a person that was the real deal. Not that he was perfect, but that he was a person that strived to be a person of integrity, that despite his struggles, he was consistent in his idea that he was going to be the real deal and not go with what the world had to offer, but he thought of the ahari, the end result, and I never exchanged what I wanted most for what I wanted right now. That is how you keep your integrity. It's the most important thing we do as a leader is being a leader that is worth following because we are trustworthy. How do you become trustworthy? Be a person of integrity. I hope this episode has helped you. I know we talked about some topics that are a little controversial. I hope it's something that'll encourage you. It's not too late to build your integrity. Don't worry about your reputation. Worry about your character and your reputation will deal with itself. Hey, thanks for listening to Made For More. Make sure you like this, subscribe, share it with some people. I think there's a bunch of leaders that might need this content and I will see you on the next episode of Made For More.